I love North Carolina. How many love the state that we live in and are blessed to be a part of? Man, I love North Carolina, and one of the reasons that I moved here and one of the reasons that I love here so much is because it's a place where we get to enjoy all four seasons. I love spring, summer, fall, winter. Love to enjoy them all. I just did not anticipate getting the chance to experience all four seasons in the same day. And so today, if I'm a little off, you'll kind of understand that I just can't quite find my equilibrium with the way things have been going. But I'm glad that you're here today. If there's anywhere that you can go when you're not sure which way is up, it's God's house. And my name is Jason, and I serve as the lead pastor here. We're thrilled that you're with us, and it's going to be a great, great day. And before I get into the message, I do want to mention that next weekend is Mother's Day, and we plan to honor and celebrate our moms in a big way. And a part of that celebration is we are doing a Mother's Day brunch this coming Saturday. And I want all of the moms here to know so that you can be a part of it as well as bring a friend, another mom that might not be connected to our faith community. And you can go and register for this Mother's Day brunch by using the Waterview app. And you can also go to our website and register there as well. But please be a part of it. We'd love to have you. And if you're a dad or a son or a daughter and you're wondering, how can I honor mom? Well, a part of that can involve the Waterview Church Mother's Day brunch. So make sure that you sign up for that. Today we are continuing our series called The Real Jesus. And we're taking some time to really take a close look at who Jesus is. Because we, as we go through our lives, we hear all different kinds of versions of Jesus. We're exposed to different opinions of Jesus. There's the Bible Belt Jesus, and that might lead us to believe and assume certain things. And then there's secular Jesus, which might lead us to view him in another way. But we want to look at who the real Jesus is because we believe that when you come to know the real Jesus, it will change your life forever and that your faith will come alive and you will experience dimensions of faith and dimensions of God that you never dreamed possible. And our anchor passage for this series is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And here in 1 Corinthians chapter number 2, the apostle Paul, he puts it like this. He says, you'll remember, friends, that when I first came to you to let you in on God's sheer genius, I didn't try to impress you with polished speeches and the latest philosophy. I deliberately kept it plain and simple. And here Paul says, this is, this is my modus operandi. This is my approach to ministry. I'm not going to try to blow your minds with the newest revelation. I'm not going to try to deep dive the mysteries of the scripture and give something to you that you've never heard of or thought of before. He said, I'm going to keep it plain and simple. First and foremost, it's all about Jesus and who he is. The Apostle Paul says, I want you to know the real Jesus. And then secondly, Jesus and what he did. It's all about Jesus and who he is and Jesus and what he did. And that is Jesus crucified. So over the course of this series, already on Easter Sunday, we talked about how Jesus was the wounded lamb for wounded people. And then we talked about 
how Jesus is so much more graceful and so much more merciful than we could ever imagine. And then last week, we started talking about how Jesus is the healer. And I want to continue talking a little more about how Jesus is a healer. And I, and I want it to really sink in. And I want you to go forward knowing this, that the real Jesus is a healer. And Acts 10 and verse number 38 says it very straightforwardly. You know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, and then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Jesus heals. The real Jesus is a healer. And we talked last week about uh, my former Army Ranger, my former Special Forces friend, Lee, who lives in Concord, North Carolina. I told you his story, and I wanted to tell you today about another friend of mine, a man by the name of Sam Pace, so that we can build our faith today and to believe God for the miraculous, to believe God for healing in our life. Prior to planting Waterview Church two years ago, I pastored in the greater Seattle metro area, a church that I planted there called High Point Church. And we pastored and led that church for over 10 years. And over the course of time, a man came to our church by the name of Sam Pace. And Sam Pace was an older man and just a wonderful, wonderful guy who came to really love our church and then really came to love uh, my my family and I. In fact, he kind of had a love for us that went beyond just, you're my pastor, because of his age. He was almost like a, a father figure to me and almost like a grandfather figure to my boys. And we had a special relationship. We spent a lot of time fishing together, and we would go hunting together. And one time we were duck hunting, and he was in his trailer that had all of our decoys. And as he was in there, he, he stood up very quickly and he hit the top of his head on the, on the ceiling of the trailer and really didn't think much of it. I think it left just a, a, a slight little gash and he just thought, well, you know, it'll heal in time. And we just went about our day and he went forward in life. And a couple of weeks later, he was feeling around that very tender and painful area where he had bumped his head and it still hadn't healed and it had morphed into something that was a little more severe. It was discolored and there was some growth and abnormality to it. And he just thought, well, maybe it's just taken time to heal and continued on with his life a few more weeks, maybe a couple of months passed, and that place on his head did not heal, and a growth formed that was changing colors, and it was concerning enough that Sam said, I better go and see a doctor. You know how it works. Us men aren't, aren't the wisest when it comes to our personal health. We just will wait to the very last minute before we go and see a doctor, and so it was with Sam Pace. He finally goes to the doctor, and they did a biopsy on what was happening on his head, and they announced to him, we have some very bad news, 
um, you have cancer. It's a skin cancer, and um, we're going to have to proceed forward with treatment. And Sam said, by all means, let's, let's take care of it. And they said, well, as a part of the treatment and figuring out what we're going to do, we're going to need to do some other scans. We want to just check your overall health, welfare, and vitals. And Sam said, okay, that, that would be fine. And so he goes in and cat scans are done and pet scans are done and all of the things are done. And then they called him back in and they said, Sam, we are so sorry, but we are seeing in all of our results that the cancer has spread throughout your entire body. Your, the cancer has gone into your lymph glands. It's gone and has spread throughout your entire body. You have cancer everywhere. And obviously it was devastating to Sam, was reeling. And so we began to pray for Sam. And on our church there, similarly to here, every week during worship, we had prayer partners and people could come forward and receive prayer for whatever they were facing in their lives. And there was a number of Sundays where Sam came forward and he was prayed for by prayer partners. And I would go to his house and pray with him. We were praying for Sam. And they were getting ready to go into the next phase of, okay, how are we going to attack this? How are we going to address this? How are we going to treat this? And they brought him back weeks after that original finding, and they did some more scans so they could prepare for treatment. And he received word back as they sat down with him upon secondary review. We are now seeing that there is no cancer in your body whatsoever. The cancer that was in your lymph glands and all throughout your body, it is not there. And we don't know how this is even possible. And Sam said, I'll tell you how it's possible. My church has been praying for me and God's done a miracle. This was seven years ago. Sam, at this point, is still totally and completely cancer-free. I want you to know today that our God is a healer. Jesus Christ the real Jesus is a healer. And I also want you to know that when it comes to healing, what we talked about last week is that whole is the goal. That we are, we are a three-part being. We have a body, we have a soul, which is our mind, will, and emotions. It's kind of like our mental and, and emotional makeup. And then we have a spirit. That's the, the, the spiritual, eternal part of us. So there's body, soul, and spirit. And when Jesus, the real Jesus, who is a healer, when he works in our life, whole is the goal. Healing, the healing that he brings is holistic. And we know this and we build our lives on this because of Isaiah chapter 53 and verse number five, it says that he was beaten. And this is referring to what Jesus did for us on the cross. He was beaten so we could be whole. That's why whole is the goal. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so that we could be healed. This was talking about the cross. Well, there might be some, even Christians, who would push back and would say, well, Jesus 
saves us from our sins, but that doesn't necessarily mean that he's a healer. But that wouldn't make sense because Isaiah is prophesying the whole and total experience, the complete package that Jesus goes to the cross so that our, so that our salvation could be made available, so that we could be redeemed, forgiven of our sins, stand justified and in right standing before God, and in addition to that, provided healing for us, body, soul, and spirit. So understand today, healing is holistic, that God wants to heal your body, that God wants to touch your mind and, and your emotions, your, your, your mental, intellectual, and emotional condition, and he also wants to heal your spirit. And nothing, I think, illustrates that more perfectly than the story of a friend of mine who's actually a part of this church family. Brian, would you mind just coming up here and joining me really quickly here in the front? This is Brian Ogno, and he started coming to our church at the beginning of January. How's it going, my brother? Good to see you. Thank you. So this is Brian, and like I said, he started coming to our church uh, in January of this year, uh, but his story starts back in the fall of last year when he was at the tender age of 27. He's now 28, so mature, so handsome, so amazing. But back in the fall, seriously, Brian's story is this. He came from no real spiritual background. Uh, but he was just living a normal life, the kind of life that, that the majority of us can know and can understand. He's working, trying to make a living. He's in a relationship with a beautiful girl by the name of Brittany who also now attends our church and is a part of our church. And all's well's in his life. He's young, he's working, uh, he's in a relationship, but because of that lack of a spiritual background, because of that lack of knowing Jesus, that lack of faith, he, he had shared with me that he just felt overall just purposeless, just felt kind of lost and directionless at times was just feeling even depressed and and was just just carrying a lot of things a lot of things that I think the majority of people in this world are dealing with and then in November of last year at the age of 27 he suddenly got very very sick and the day after Thanksgiving was rushed to the hospital because he was in extreme, debilitating pain. And when he got there, he discovered that he was in total and complete renal failure. They immediately put him into ICU. On top of the total renal failure, he was also experiencing extreme potassium levels, which then also put him an extreme danger of fatal heart failure. He was in intensive care for five days, and then he was put on emergency dialysis. At that time, they were doing it five days a week. He was totally and completely incapacitated, and the reason for all of it, why a 27-year-old overnight has renal failure, is ready to have a fatal heart attack, is in ICU, it was completely unknown to the medical authorities. 
They started treating him, and he was on dialysis for six weeks, but they were telling him, you need to get used to this. The expectation here is that if you do live through all of this, you're going to be on dialysis indefinitely until we can get you a transplant or you might be on it for the rest of your days. And so we talked and he told me his story. In fact, we spent some time yesterday going over it because I wanted you to hear the most accurate version of what transpired. And he told me, as you can imagine, imagine 27 years old, with a beautiful girl, a job, suddenly your life's turned upside down. You go from healthy to you're facing your own mortality. And he's absolutely just at his wit's end. He's, he, he's crying. He's telling me times he's in the dark, believing that he's going to die and that he's going to be on dialysis for life. And then in the middle of all of it, around Christmas time, Brian, who at this point had not walked, had been bedridden, had not walked for four to five weeks, decides that he's going to get up and he's going to go for a walk in the hospital. And he comes to a place in the hospital where they have a Christmas tree and where they have a menorah. Now, the thing that you would never guess about, about Brian is that he was born and raised Jewish like Jewish-Jewish, a bar mitzvah-Jewish, like really Jewish. And so in this moment, in this moment, Jewish, he says, in this moment he's standing there and there's the Christmas tree and there's the menorah and he's thinking about all that goes on in his life, what he's facing. And in that moment, for whatever reason, he decides, he and Brittany decide, we're actually, we're going to go into the chapel and we're going to pray. He goes into the chapel and he and Brittany are praying. They turn to Jesus. They cry out to God. They share the fears, the uncertainty, all of it, the brokenness, all of it. And then he leaves and he goes back to his room. Then on the same day, just a few hours later, the hospital comes to him and they says, hey, great news. We're actually going to be discharging you today. We're going to actually be sending you home. Of course, you're going to have to come back for dialysis, but we're sending you home. So he then goes home, and as he's home and he's doing the, the dialysis thing, he starts hearing from all these different people in his life, people from back when he was in school, people he hadn't heard from in years. People start calling him up saying, Brian, we are praying for you. We're here for you. Brian, we're calling out to God for you. So all these people are telling him that they are praying for him. And then enters Ashley. Ashley, would you come quickly and join me here in the front? In the middle of all of this, Brian's 27. You can stand on this other side of me if you'd like. Brian, who's dealing with all this brokenness, the lack of faith on the front end, the depression, the uncertainty in life. Now he's in a medical crisis. He's now turned to Jesus, this prayer in, in, a, in a chapel, and he's sent home, enters Ashley. And Ashley, Ashley does something very courageous and very amazing. Ashley invites Brian 
to Waterview Church. She invites Brian and Brittany to Waterview. Now, at the time, Brian is still doing dialysis. He's still super sick. He's still trying to recover. He can't work. But in the midst of all of this, God continues healing Brian. And the second week of dialysis, after he's been sent home, the second week of dialysis, Brian is then able to come off of dialysis. And then on the third week, this is after being sent home from the hospital, he comes two weeks later, people are praying, he's turned to Jesus, he comes off of dialysis completely. The third week, he and Brittany show up here at Waterview Church for the very first time. When they showed up here on that Sunday in January, God, who had obviously been doing a physical healing in Brian's life, now is saying, I want to do a soul healing and I want to do a spirit healing because whole is the goal. And that service, their first week when they were here gathering with us in that moment, Brian and Brittany, they give their hearts and lives to Jesus and they make a fresh start to God. And I can remember that Sunday. I can remember that Sunday, Brian telling me this story in the lobby of our church and me saying to Brian, I was so fired up. I was so just out of my mind, excited. I said, Brian, Jesus has healed you, has done a miracle of healing in your body so that he could get you here, so that he could heal your soul, so you don't have to feel depressed. You don't have to feel far from God and can heal your spirit, forgive you of your sins, put you in right standing with God. Come on. Let's clap our hands and thank God for that. And then on top of all that, let me tell you about how Jesus is a healer and whole is the goal. They show up here. They give their lives to Jesus. And then, and then he, that same week, gets a job and ever since has had no more dialysis no more medical problems. They're still obviously running tests and things, trying to figure out what in the world went wrong. But Brian stands before you today, just a few months removed from being at death's door, totally and completely healed and whole. We serve an awesome God. We serve an awesome God. He's been in our Freedom Small Group. Uh, he's growing in his faith. He's getting married next year in 2024. I just want you to know today that the real Jesus is a healer. But let me tell you how this is all possible. It's because healing oftentimes comes through others. If whole is the goal and Jesus is wanting to heal us body, soul, and spirit, he's oftentimes wanting to use us. Normal, everyday, ordinary us. And you and I can never imagine how just one act of compassion, how one act of obedience can turn into a domino effect of the miraculous in somebody else's life. 
We don't know what his story would be or where he would be if it was not for an Ashley who said, I'm going to be brave enough and I'm going to love you enough to invite you to come to my church. To That's one of the things that I want to leave with you here today, that healing oftentimes comes through others. This is what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 10. Matthew 10 and verse number 7, he says, And as you go, preach this message. Heaven's kingdom realm is accessible. It is close enough to touch. You, and he's talking to his disciples, he's talking to all of us that say, Hey, I'm a follower of Jesus because that makes us all disciples. He says, you must continually bring healing to lepers. You must continually bring healing to those who are sick and make it your habit. Look at that. That's powerful. Make it your habit to break off the demonic presence from people and raise the dead back to life. Jesus says, freely you have received the power of the kingdom, so freely release it to others. God, this is how he works. This is how the real Jesus works. Jesus, he draws us to himself in love, and then he touches us with his presence and power. He touches us with his healing virtue, and then he perpetuates that healing virtue by promising here in Matthew 10, and Mark chapter number 16, and in, throughout the book of Acts, and throughout all of the Pauline epistles, he perpetuates that healing power by promising that miraculous things, that healing signs, and even wonders would follow his followers, that's you and I, would follow us as we go out to minister and to serve those who are hurting, those who are poor, those who are lost, those who are forgotten, everything this life has to offer, but inside feel incomplete, unfulfilled, far from God, the scripture tells us that God uses us to reach those people and to bring that holistic healing to them. Does that mean that we invite them into a, a couch in our house and have them sit on the couch as we do therapy with them? No, but it means that we love them. It means that we serve them. It means that we invite them with us to church. Something as simple as, will you come with me to church, can literally change the destiny of someone forever. In fact, the book of James, we read it last week. It says, is there any sick among you? Have people in the church pray for them because the prayer of faith is going to heal the sick. Here's the thing. The hope and healing of the people in this world around us, that is something that is very close to God's heart. Whether we're talking about the, whether we're talking about the CEO that, that lives on Lake Norman, who seemingly has it all, who has it all together, but just feels as though there's something lacking in his life or 
or the person that's struggling, barely making it, just got so many problems and things that they're facing in their life, whoever it is, it's about all people and their hope and healing. They are close to God's heart. And that's why we have to have that close to our hearts as well. The real Jesus is a healer. Those of us that follow Jesus were meant to be healers. Spread his goodness, spread his word, spread his grace. The real Jesus is a healer. And then as we're talking about this idea of holistic healing, this idea of whole being the goal, the next thing that I want to leave with you is as we even consider healing in our own life, some of you in here today might have a physical medical situation that God needs to heal you of. Others of us have things to do with our mental and emotional issues. And others of us, it's spiritual. And we're all at different stages and at different points. And all of us, though, need healing on some level. And if you're wanting holistic healing in your life, here's what you've got to understand that healing looks like conformity. Healing looks like conformity. And what I mean by that is very simple. The word conformed means to be modeled after a pattern. Transformed to look like a pattern. Modeled according to a pattern. And that's why healing looks like conformity because the scripture says this in Colossians chapter 3 and verse number 10. It says, put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and as you learn to become more like him. You see, healing in a lot of areas of our life, specifically mental emotional and spiritual healing, that healing comes during conformity as we are being transformed more and more into the image of Jesus Christ, becoming more and more like him. That's why Paul says we've got to learn to become like him. He's going to work on those things in our hearts and in our lives. And so we, as followers of Jesus, we fight to be modeled according to that example. We, we fight to be transformed into that model, into to that pattern in every part of our lives. Body, soul, and spirit, which means we're going to try to be conformed to Him in the way that we talk, in the way that we manage our money, and our sexuality, with our insecurities, with our fears, with our victories, everything that we are, this whole faith adventure is about us receiving healing, and that comes through us being conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. So some of the healing that you're wanting in your life and some of the healing that you're needing in your life, some of it, 
like Sam's, like Brian's. It can come instantaneously. Others of it is going to come over time. Some of that mental stuff, some of that emotional stuff, some of that spiritual stuff, it's going to come over time as we become more and more conformed to the image of Jesus. And here's the last thing that I want to address as we talk today about Jesus the healer. The big question, the one that I've heard many times and that I've asked myself. And we're talking probably specifically in the area of physical healing. But I think it can apply to some other areas as well. Here's here's the big question that might be on all of our minds as we talked about Jesus being a healer last week and today. And that is very simply, why are some people healed? Because I can tell you about former special forces, Lee, and the, 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 the miracle of healing that he and his family received. I can talk to you about Sam Pace's divine, miraculous healing. I can tell you of Brian's miraculous healing. I can tell you of Chad Leela's miraculous healing. I can tell you of hundreds of stories of examples where the real Jesus was a healer. And then I can tell you many examples where for whatever reason, Jesus chose to not heal them in the way that we thought or expected that he would heal them. And here's my answer. Why are some people healed and why are others not healed? I don't know. I don't know. And this hits really close to home for me because you see, I had a father who was not just my father, but he was my best friend and he was my pastor. And on Father's Day, June 2004, my father went from being completely normal and fine that morning to by the time the day ended, he was in intensive care in a coma on life support, battling a viral one-two punch diagnosed as meningoencephalitis. And all summer long, my dad laid in a coma. And I prayed without ceasing for my dad. The church that he pastored prayed without ceasing for my dad. Pastors and church people around the world prayed without ceasing for my dad. In early August, he woke up out of the coma, much to our surprise, and for one week was alert, awake, responsive. We talked. He smiled. He laughed. We discussed. And then he goes back into a coma. And then on August the 24th, which was two days before his 52nd birthday, And three days before my birthday, my dad 
went to heaven to be with Jesus. I rejoice over every, every miracle of healing that I get to see and be privy to as a pastor. But there are times when I am still haunted by that very same question. Why does it happen for some and it doesn't happen for others? And I told you that I don't know. And that's in part true. But I do know this. And this is the last thing that I want to leave with you here today. That we cannot lose sight of the fact that what we are a part of here is temporary. For the majority of us, sadly, because we get trapped and fooled into thinking that this is all there is and, and we are obsessed with the immediate and the, and the now, but the reality of the matter is this life is temporary. The next life is eternal. And what I have to be reminded of whenever a healing doesn't happen the way that I would want it to or the way that I'm believing it should is this. Heaven and eternal life are the ultimate healing. So when we're facing those challenging moments of why would he do it for some and not others, I think we're looking at it from the wrong perspective. We're not looking at it from heaven's perspective. Because of course, I want my dad here and you want your loved one here. But heaven and eternal life are the ultimate healing. And Paul puts it like this as he writes to young Timothy, his young successor. He says, the Lord is going to deliver me from every evil attack and is going to bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. Paul wanted to give Timothy the right perspective, the right thought, that son, what's happening here doesn't really matter. It's about what's going to happen there. The Lord is going to deliver me from things down here and he's going to bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. And that's also why the apostle Paul could write Well, if I live, if I stay here, it's going to be all about Jesus. But if I die, it's going to be my gain because I get to go and I get to be with Jesus. And if I'm not healed and whole down here, well, when I step through that heavenly portal over there, I will be healed and whole, but it won't be temporary. It's going to be forever. And it's going to be forever and forever and forever. Will you stand with me here today? The thing that you need to know is this, whether it's in this life or the life to come, the real Jesus is a healer. The real Jesus is a healer. And I want to pray for you today. In fact, there might be people here that feel as though you're disconnected from God, feel as though that you're not where you need to be with God. And And I want you to know that in this place, because his healing is holistic like Brian, you can can surrender your life to Jesus today and make a fresh start. Come to know him, be forgiven of your sins, walk out of here facing a brand new hope and a brand new future. There's others of you in here today maybe wrestling with some mental and emotional stuff, some intellectual stuff. And I just want to let you know our prayer today is going to be that we just become more and more conformed to the image of Jesus. 
And then lastly, maybe, maybe you're sick in your body here today and you need God to do a miracle for you. Well, we're going to pray that he does that very thing, that the same healing power that Sam received and Lee received and Brian received and Chad and so many others, that it'll be present in your life here today. And then we're going to trust him. We're going to trust him with our eternity. In fact, every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to pray with you and I want to invite our prayer partners back to the front because what's going to happen is here in a moment, we're going to go back into a song and I just want to give more of you a chance. If you're needing healing somewhere in your life, it doesn't matter if it's spiritual or physical or something involving your soul, your mind, will, and emotions. I want you to know that we love you and we care about you and we are here to pray with you and to pray for you. And we're believing God today for healing in your life. So Father, I just thank you today, right now, for what you're doing. I thank you for what you're doing right now in the hearts and the lives of this people. I thank you, God, for how you're moving in this place and the promise of your word and the faith that we have put in to what you have revealed to us. You love us and you are near to us. And Father, you're gonna come right now into this place. And Father, as we get ready to go back into worship, many of us, we're making fresh starts right now. Some of us for the first time, some of us for the first time in a long time. But God, we're putting our hope and trust in you. You're going to be our Lord and leader. Others of us, God, we're looking to you to be in our source, the source of our hope and our healing. And God, bring that to us here today. We love you and we thank you and we praise you for what you've done and what you're getting ready to do. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Come on, let's sing, church. And he is worthy today. And that's why we came and that's why we worshiped. And it's now time for our final act of worship. And this is when we worship God through the giving of our money and our financial resources. Ways that we can respond generously to him and how he's been generous to us is coming up on the screens behind us and I just want to thank those of you who are generously investing in what God is doing here it's making a huge difference and as you think about giving and generosity this is this is something that has always kind of rested on my heart because I by no means am a wealthy person but you don't have to be wealthy to be generous you just have to be generous to be generous and God's church is not built by wealthy people it's built by generous people and we're thankful for that and I just want to remind those of you today that might be visiting with us for the first second third time you're new here today again thank you for being with us you could have been so many different places make sure you fill out that card drop it off in the box as you leave take it to the tent out in the lobby We've got a gift for you. Maybe today you decided, I want to I wanna be close to Jesus. I want to make a fresh start. I, I gave Jesus my life again today, whether it was for the first time or the first time in a long time. Fill out that same card where you're sitting. You can drop it in the box, take it to the tent, and we've got a gift for you. It's something that's going to help you as you start walking out this new life of faith that you embrace. But Wherever you fall into, we just want you to know we are thankful and excited that you're here. Church, can we just thank God for all our VIPs, everyone that made a fresh start. So great to have you today. 
Don't forget, launch step one is happening right at the end of our gathering. You'll exit the auditorium. You'll make a right, and you'll see it at the end of the hall. Mother's Day weekend next weekend. Don't forget, Mom, Mother's Day brunch. It's going to be a great weekend. We continue our series, The Real Jesus. We love you. God bless. Have an amazing day.